The Daily Tap is live for Thursday. It is March the 16th. We are talking about the biggest storylines from the Aaron Rodgers interview with Pat McAfee. We are also going to talk about Marquette and their game against Vermont. We might talk a little bit about the what comes next if they were to beat Vermont and sort of the path that they are on. We will see if the Golden Eagles can make it out of the first round. We'll talk about that. And then I will give some advice about watching uh, at the bar for March Madness uh, in these next two days. How do you balance a bad bartender? What do you do in those situations? How do you, how do you cope? How do you figure it all out? I will be giving you advice. I'll also talk about some ridiculous hypotheticals from my group chat that I was thrown at, and I wanted I want to discuss it. So it's going to be a little bit of a shorter pod today, um, partly due to the fact that you know we have two really big topics to talk about. It's March Madness. I realize you guys probably don't have as much time to listen. You're going to probably be tuning into the games if you're watching at the office, and if you have not entered Happy the Keg Madness. Please do so. We have we're up to forty eight now, so that's great. I'd love to get to fifty. Uh, even more would be even even better. We're on Yahoo. Just search Tapping the Keg Madness. Um, also, it's pinned on my Twitter profile. I've tried to link it out at least every day on Instagram, so it should be there on Instagram if you go follow there at Tapping the Keg Sports. So yes, we enter for completely free, hundred bucks to winner, optional podcast appearance if. You we win. So it's if you don't want to appear on the podcast, you're like, I have nothing to talk about. I don't know. I'm just entering contests to win a little money. I get that. Um, and then it second place gets a retro daddy crew neck. Uh shout out to Jordan for hooking that up. I really appreciate it. Um, he will get you your size, he will ship it out to you, the whole thing. Look how seamless this is. And then if you get third place, I will send out $25 to your favorite brewery. If for some reason you're not a beer person. I will just give you 25 bucks to total wine. If you don't drink beer or whatever, or didn't drink alcohol, uh, we'll figure out something else. Okay. Um, we'll just make it work. And maybe that, at that point, they'll probably be like, oh, just give me 25 bucks in cash. Which if you're if you're that hard pressed for 25 bucks in cash, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Um, also make sure that you're rating and reviewing. Uh, as I said, some as I said, I think on a podcast earlier this week, uh, that's the best thing you can do for our show. Uh, just make people know who we are. Uh, share it with your friends. Throw it in the group chat. Be like, hey, you listen to this guy. Uh, he talks about everything. Uh, it's a good mix of, you know, the things going on in the Wisconsin sports world, but also talking about, you know, sometimes fun things and things that you would talk about at the bar or in your group chats. Send it in there. Tell, you know, tell them, tell a friend. And, yeah, we just keep spreading the love. And that's apropos uh, for our Aaron Rodgers conversation. So Aaron Rodgers finally broke his silence to Pat McAfee on yesterday's show. Uh, it was Wednesdays with Aaron. It was at 12, 12 noon. It was high noon. Aaron Rodgers let off the show, and Aaron Rodgers declared that he wanted to be a member of the New York Jets. Now, this is something that I think we all expected. Um, I, I mean, I had the conspiracy theory the other day, but at the, at the end of the day, I think we all, we all thought that this was where it was going to lead to. You don't take permission. You don't have a team visit you. Uh, without sort of thinking that you want to play there. And Aaron Rodgers has a real strong relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, and he wants, he wants to be, he wants to be a New York Jet. And now it's up to Green Bay, Green Bay to trade him. Aaron Rodgers spoke glowingly about the Green Bay Packers, about the fans and everything else and tried to make as graceful of an exit as possible. I'm not going to disparage Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, to have the pleasure to watch Aaron Rodgers for 16 years is fucking awesome. It, it is. Like, I will never take that for granted. The fact that we went from Favre to Rodgers and it's been beautiful is something you don't see in sports, especially in football. It doesn't happen. Uh, lightning usually doesn't strike in a bottle two, two times. Now we're asking for a third time with Jordan Love. It's just a very unique relationship. And Aaron Rodgers is going to get his number retired. This is not as, I think, mean and aggressive as the Favre stuff was, even though there are eerie similarities. And it's so spooky that Aaron Rodgers threw an intercept shot his last pass. The next pass he's going to throw as a New York Jet, just like Brett Favre. And I think if you would have asked Aaron Rodgers four years ago, five years ago, when things were going off the rails with Mike McCarthy, you were like, hey, man, in five years, you're going to be a Jet. He'd be like, fuck off. Like, I'm not going to be far. Like, that, that sounds exactly like Brett Favre's career. I'm not, I'm not going to be Brett Favre. And he is Brett Favre. 
as part of my take had a meme where they're like, hey, and it was like a Farm and Rogers, was like any advice played in New York, and Farm said, "Don't send any dick pics." And that's right. That's that's a very very sound advice. Uh, we don't, you know, the little gunslinger doesn't need to come out uh, for Aaron Rodgers. But besides the point, Aaron is, you know, I'll, I at some point we'll do a longer podcast about his career and favorite moments. I mean, people are going to do that on radio today. Like that is such a layup for talk radio with March Madness going on. Everybody's just going to say, oh, we're opening up the phone lines. Tell me about your favorite Aaron Rodgers moment. We'll take your calls. Like the people who are still doing sports radio, that's how, that's all everyone will do. They'll are like your favorite Aaron Rodgers moment and your least favorite Aaron Rodgers moment. Maybe that's, maybe that's a better way to put it. But I think there will be a lot of positivity uh, towards, towards Rodgers today. I think the people that are mad at this point, I don't know if anyone's mad. And that's, it's an interesting thing if you compare it to the Brett Favre stuff. Because when Brett Favre, you know, went to the Jets, everyone was fucking pissed. There were fire Ted Thompson Facebook groups. Everybody wanted to burn down Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers got booed at family night. Like, remember how bad that was? Like, you, it can't be lost at how ugly that whole thing was from July to September. That was, that was not pretty, Okay. And I don't think it's going to be like that for Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is going to get adorned by fans. I think he's going to have cheers. I don't think there's anyone that is pining for an Aaron Rodgers comeback. Myself, personally, I always said, like, hey, look, I am, I'm down the middle on this. If it's Aaron Rodgers, great, let's run it back. If it's Jordan Love, sweet. I'm excited for a different perspective, a different mindset that I've, I haven't had to be as a Packer fan since 2008, which is a long, long time. Like I was, I was a freshman in college, right? I, I remember Aaron Rodgers, you know, having comebacks in 2008, and then only to have the defense be absolutely awful. Uh, and that was that defense was one of the worst uh, that I've seen for the Green Bay Packers. So hopefully, history does not repeat itself with our guy Joe Barry. But I was always okay on either side. Like, and I know that's a middleman response, but. It's just how I, how I operate. Like, I'm not going to fake outrage. I'm not going to fake, I'm not going to fake, like, I really hate somebody when I don't really hate somebody. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. I think what some of the stuff he did today was a little interesting, and I'm going to get into that here in a second with the storylines. But I just want to point out, if Aaron Rodgers suddenly decided to want to come back, and he just all of a sudden, he's like, you know what, I had to change your heart. Like, I thought about this a lot more. I, pr- I prayed on it or meditated. He wouldn't say pray because I don't think, I don't know if he's a God guy at this point, but he'd be like, I meditated on it, whatever, maybe done some hallucinogens. And I, I realized that I want to be a Packer stuff. I want to come back. Can you have me back? Can we figure this out? A, I don't know if his ego would allow him to do that. So let's just call that out right there. But B, I don't know if the fan base would get behind it. I think everybody's ready for Jordan Love. Is some of this because Packers were a bad football team last year? Yeah, yeah that 100% is, is why. That is 100% the reason why. And Aaron Rodgers pointed that out in the McAfee show where he's like, I won back-to-back MVPs. He mentioned COVID, which was interesting. But he was like, COVID MVPs. And, and I don't know, does that mean he, they weren't like real seasons? I Whatever. doesn't matter. This is Rodgers being Rodgers. And that that sort of prolonged this process and, and in his theory. And I, I said on Twitter, like, it sounded like he was Charlie Kelly trying to chase Pepe Sylvia. Like, he was going through this whole thing, or Kerry Matheson, however you, however you take your coffee. But, like, it, he, it was just so weird to be like, oh, yeah, they didn't want me. I had a sense this was my last year. Like, so was there were there conversations about it? Was this why there was more hero ball? Like, I have, I have more questions about that. And then I, I think I, I thought I did at the start of this, like at, at when I listened to it on McAfee. But now, right now, it's like, okay, so it was really this 2022 season a little more edgy than we thought. And they do not really want to work with the rookies. And like all the things that some of the critics of Rogers said, were those all true? We didn't find those answers. And I'll, I'll get into that in the storylines too. Uh, but let's let's waste no more time. I I wanted to do something a little more on a monologue side before I went into it because Aaron Rodgers deserves that. You know, it's Favre and then it's Rodgers. That's it. I remember I remember Favre starting in 95 a little bit. I remember the Cowboys loss in 95. 
And I really remember 96. I, and that team, I, I have I have fond memories of. 97, crying after they lost to the Broncos. Shake Head was there. Um, we both cried. Um, and that wasn't great. Um, we were third graders. Actually, I don't know if he cried. I, I fucking cried. I fucking cried when we lost to the Broncos. Cried three times from Packers. I cried, cried that one. I cried fourth and 26. I didn't cry for the Giants loss with Farf, but I was extremely like apoplectic. And then I kind of figured out how to channel my emotions in like 2014. Like 2014, it was a bad loss. But I, as I've said in the past, we talk about these awful Packer losses. They were like a machete. That one just was super quick. Like it, it or well, it wasn't super quick. It was like you just bled out and just everything that could go wrong went wrong. And you're like, kind of like, how is this happening? It's like, I, I have to imagine, I know this is very like inside basket. Well, not inside, what would be the word? This is like kind of a sicko comparison, but I don't know if you guys saw Utah Valley uh, last week. They played the Mac for those curious. Utah Valley had a 17 point lead against Southern Utah with, I think it was like six minutes left, might have been five minutes. And they blew it. They lost the game. Uh, they followed on a, on a three-pointer. Guy hits it. Uh, they have a four-point play to win the game. Southern Utah wins. They would lose to Grand Canyon in the final. But that, to me, is like kind of how the Seahawks-Packers thing. You know, that's just the most recent example of it. But it's like, just how is this happening? You're just kind of dumbfounded. You're sitting there with a stupid look on your face. Like, how is this happening? And I know I'm bringing up bad memories. And maybe this should be happy. Maybe this should be sad. I, I honestly don't know how to feel. Like I, when this started, the wheels started to push in motion. I think I said that on the podcast, like, this is really weird. It is really, really strange. And it hasn't, it hasn't like got less strange. Like it's, it's still as weird as it was last week. It's Aaron Rodgers, you know, trying to control the narrative and trying to leverage something that wasn't, that he didn't necessarily need to leverage. He thought that people needed to hear from him. But it turns out, I don't know if that was the best idea for the now former quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. So moving on to the storyline part. Uh, these are, to me, the biggest things that I, I noticed. Um, hit me up on Twitter, Tabby the Keg or Tabby the Keg Sports on Instagram. If there's stuff that you don't see there or you're like, oh, you missed that one, i am be happy to discuss it with you um, on either of those channels. I think one of the things I try to pride myself on socials is I like to have conversations with people. Um, so it's, you know, definitely never feel like you can't reach out and ask me a question about something, even if like I haven't tweeted about it, like you can just at me and I'll, I'll try my best to answer it the best I can, and whether it's Packers or any of the other stuff. So storyline number one, Packers now hold all the cards and Aaron Rodgers screwed the Jets. If I were Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson, Robert Salah, Nathaniel Hackett, whatever, whomever, anyone on the Jets, I'd be fucking livid today. I'd be so mad that Aaron Rodgers said he wants to be a Jet. Now, the Jets social media team did a little cheeky thing with the Leonardo DiCaprio meme from One Spot Time in Hollywood. So I'm sure there's some excitement, right, for the Jets. But at, after it sort of happened, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just do? It's like sleeping with that person you're not supposed to, right? You wake up in bed with him or her next to you, and you're like, why the fuck did I do that? And I'm not saying like it's that much of a bad relationship. Maybe that's a bad comparison. The idea that Aaron Rodgers thought he was out leveraging the Packers by making the front office seem like a bad guy. And there were some fact checks there that were, went missing. Like he didn't reference Brian Gutekunst's name at all throughout that entire hour. I think he said, he might have said Brian, but he did not refer to him as his full name, Brian Gutekunst. He also said that nobody was there when he got drafted. That is a brand new front office. Brian Gutekunst was there as a scout. Brian Gutekunst was has been with Packers for a very long time. So that was that was inaccurate by uh, Mr. Rogers. And he thought that this was a way to shit on the front office, similarly what Favre, would, Favre did in 2008, and kind of gin up a reaction. But instead, as people kind of realized, Albert Breer pointed this out on the Monday morning quarterback uh, last, last night, Packers hold all the leverage now. Aaron Rodgers saying he wants to be a Jet, it, the Packers can easily say, all right, we're just going to hang out. The Packers don't have to do anything if they don't want. And I know you, you kind of like, Charlie, that's crazy. Like, you're just going to have Rodgers just sit on the bench? 
Here's the thing from Andrew Brandt, who sometimes hit or miss, but former Packer executive. Zero need for to act for the Packers. Cap impact easier with Aaron on the team than off. Aaron won't be in the building. Jets have no other options. The Jets fan base is waiting. Maybe another team becomes interested. interested. That's it right there. The crux of it all. Because the Jets fan base is going to be at a fever pitch. And the Jets now have to make a move. The Jets have to throw in more of a sweetener. If right now the it is a second round, it's their second round pick, 43, with Elijah Moore, who looks like he's on his way out. Elijah Moore and a compensation pick for 2014 that if Rodgers is the quarterback, it is a first round pick for the Green Bay Packer. It vests into a first round pick. Or if Rodgers, you know, gets to the playoffs with the Jets, it is a first round pick. Something along those lines. Or you add less qualifications, right? Because now Rodgers has this declared his intentions. That he wants to be a Jet. Do the Packers need to move on this before the draft? Maybe. But they have six weeks. They have a lot of time. Like, you know, I mean, it could could it happen tomorrow. Trey Wingo, according who had the story first, got to give him credit. Trey says it's 99% done. So is the hold up money. They have to restructure Rodgers' deal. Like, to make it all work, Rodgers' deal needs to get restructured by the Jets' side of things. Is that what we're waiting on? Are we waiting on the fact that Green Bay wants a little bit more from New York? We'll just have to see. But this did not help things for the Jets. Instead, it gives the Packers this ability to say, all right, this is what we want. We're okay to keep Aaron. We don't need a draft. We have a lot of draft picks. We don't necessarily need a draft pick. We can try. You guys draft right around the same same area that we do. But we we really, you know, this is what we want. And you got to deliver to it if you want your quarterback. Or you can keep hearing your fans say how you're not getting this done, how you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers. Because that, at some point, would happen. And I, I, Packers aren't really a sneaky team. I think there are some teams that do things in the shadows that's like, oh, oh, that's happening. Packers aren't really that. Except for that Ty Dunn, uh, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers hit piece. Like that. That was the only one that I felt like was a little sneaky on, on the Packers' behalf. I do wonder if the Packers would leak something out just randomly and say, hey, look, commanders have shown interest in Aaron Rodgers. The commanders want to have a conversation about Aaron Rodgers. And they're willing to meet the comp- compensation of that we're looking for. Now, remember, Aaron Rodgers is not a no-trade clause. Aaron Rodgers can get traded at any team. So even Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Jets. And famously, and this is, again, eerie-type shit, Brett Favre wanted to go to Tampa Bay. He said that in part of my take before he got canceled for all the awful shit that he did uh, in Mississippi. And he said that he wanted to be a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buck's Cooker's like, yeah, you're going to the Buccaneers. Remember, there's barely Twitter at this point. Social media was just sort of in, it, in its infancy. And Favre didn't have a buddy like Pat Fee to go on and say, yeah, I want to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And then he got straight to the Jets instead, and which drove Favre crazy, part of the reason why Favre ends up being a Viking in, in 2009. But what if the commanders show interest? Now, I don't, would I, would I think the Packers would trade him to the NFC? No, they've, they've kind of said that. But what if the Tennessee Titans say, hey, we have Ryan Tannehill. It's an awful contract. We want to move off of it. Can we, you know, trade Tannehill for Rodgers? Or can we figure out a way? I don't think that, that would work. It's a bad example. Houston Texans, I don't know. Could there be a team that all of a sudden comes in, um, in play and it's really bullshit and Packers are just leaking it to try to force the hand of the New York Jets? Number two storyline, Rodgers put on a gaslighting map masterclass and people felt the wrath of being on the other side. I hate the term gaslighting. I think it's overused. I think it's a convenient word when we need to basically say some, some they've someone's been wronged. It's like, oh, I've been gaslighted. It's like, no, you fucking haven't. Okay. But sometimes gaslighting does make sense. And this is one one case. Aaron Rodgers tried to control the the narrative today. That's what Aaron Rodgers always wants to do. Aaron Rodgers always wants to control the narrative about him. And he wants to tell the story. And he told a lot of stories today. But one of the problems with Aaron Rodgers in controlling the narrative is he's not very self-aware. He was 
bragging on Diana Rossini's report about, oh, I don't want to wish this to my friends. And then he's speaking in platitudes about all these guys. He basically confirmed her fucking report. So even if he doesn't have a wish list, if he got asked about these guys, which is kind of what Rossini said, he was like, yeah, these guys are great. These are guys I want. It's, it's kind of funny, right? And, and that happens to Rogers a lot. He steps on his dick often when he's talking because he ends up going around in circles. And there have been so many moments where it's like, all right, change the offense for Aaron Rodgers. Then it's like, oh, it's not good enough. And it's like, oh, the receivers aren't good enough. And Aaron Rodgers thinks everybody should just leave you know, on their own court. It's not how it fucking works, man. Like, Clayus Campbell is how revered in, in Baltimore, right? Clayus Campbell, a man of the year. He's as good of a fucking teammate, I think, as anybody out there. Um, and he got released, right? Just happens to older players. Jamal Williams, right? We just talked, I think we talked about him yesterday. Heart and Soul Alliance gets released. Now he signed with the Saints immediately, but Jamal Williams gone, right? So, or I think it was a free agent. They bring him back. But that depends beside, I think that's the whole thing. Like, Aaron expects like Jordy Nelson should have played out his career. Jordy was not good. Jordy was done. And Aaron Rodgers always wants to play with his guys. And that's just not how football works. We've seen it a little bit with Bill Belichick and his coaching staff. I, I use the Rodgers-Belichick comparison because I think they are in their own aura, right? Because they're, they're amazing at what they've done. Belichick has his two sons running the defense. He's running the, the GM room. Everybody goes to Bill Belichick. It's all nepotism hires. Belichick doesn't want to bring anybody new in. I forget. They all Bill O'Brien. I was like, who are they bringing in OC? Oh, that's right, Bill O'Brien. Now, I think Bill O'Brien actually was a good NFL coach. I think he kind of got a raw deal in Houston. But that said, like, it's always going to be a Belichick guy. It's never going to be somebody new. And he wants to control the narrative. He wants to control the roster. He wants to control the coaching staff. It is no different than what Aaron Rodgers is doing. And so for Aaron Rodgers to come out all against the front office and say, like, I was 90% retired, I, I don't know about the retirement part. Like he said, I walked off with Cobb because I thought it was going to be my last game. I still think it's wild that Aaron Rodgers was going to walk out on an awful year where he just had a bad year and he was going to walk out on it. I don't, I just, that, that part to me, just, I can't get past it. Like, and maybe he, he has enough, even though I mentioned his ego and I think he does have one that he has a less of an ego to just be like, okay, it's a bad year. I'm over it. It's whatever. I'm done playing football. So yeah, to be on the other side of it sucked. I mean, I, I think it's, it's annoying, but you know, that's how it goes. So on number three, we'll try to be a little quicker with these since I was like, oh, it's going to be a short show. Now I think I'm like 23 minutes in on my first topic. So that's good. Uh, New York media is going to be obnoxious about this. They are going to go all in on this, especially after Edwin Diaz had that freak injury last night. He didn't see it uh, in the Puerto Rico Dominican Republic game. He was celebrating after they beat the Dominican Republic and knocked them out. And Diaz probably tore his ACL, it looks like. It looks really bad. And I feel awful for him. And, but I think there will be some talk about that tomorrow in the New York radio, but it's all going to be Rodgers. And they are going to pound that. And they are going to make sure that the Jets get a deal done, that the Jets find a way to get a deal done. You will know, too, if the Jets think they got fleeced. Because if the Jets think they got fleeced, this deal will get leaked during, during March Madness. It'll get leaked during the middle of March Madness, either Thursday or Friday. That's how you know the Jets will get leaked. The Jets got fleeced. If it, if it wasn't a fleece job, yeah, maybe you get Monday, Tuesday. But the longer this goes, the more pressure is on New York Jets. So can the Jets drive it home tomorrow? Will Aaron Rodgers be a Jet tomorrow? I, I don't know. Could be. But if it goes long, if it goes long, Stephen A., Mad Dog, uh, Michael K, uh, Geo Boomer, like all those guys are going to just rain down, pearl off, and eh, I don't want to, eh, no. they're all going to rain down on what's going on here uh, because it's it's going to be hell for New York, and they will force their hand, and that to me is very interesting, and that to me could lead to Joe Douglas doing something dumb. 
which would be like two first round picks. They give us two first round picks. I mean, let's, you know, cue, cue the, uh, we don't have duck boats. Cue, cue the buses, cue the trucks. Like, that's unbelievable. Number four, Jordan Love is going to be the guy next year. We're going to have a lot of time to talk about Jordan Love. All right, it's March. First game is until September. For those who are fans of noon starts, I hope you're happy. Um, you're going to get a lot of them with Jordan Love, at least at the start. Now, if Jordan Love gets good, I think you'll get more 325 games, 720. The Packers still play in terms of national media. I think Aaron Rodgers' first game was a Monday night. Yeah, it was. It was Monday night against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they go back that well and say, all right, let's can do the Rodgers angle. Let's you know get it at Lambeau. Would not surprise me in the slightest if we see Jordan Love at Lambeau under the lights. Jordan Love has not started a game at Lambeau. He started two games away from Lambeau. Uh, and then he came in in the Philadelphia game. I I remember I, I went to the Seattle game uh, right after Rodgers had had COVID, and I thought maybe we'd get Jordan Love, and I was super excited about it. I was like, okay, that that's awesome. Like Seahawks aren't playing great. Like I think you know Russell Wilson never plays well at Lambeau. Like it'd be awesome to see Jordan Love in you know second straight week playing, uh, but Rodgers was able to come back. So I, I am still excited to watch him. I'm excited to go to a game this year. I think, you know, the Packers still have a, a fun home schedule, right? Um, they don't have an easy schedule. Uh, they have to play the AFC West, and we could get into all of the, the semantics here. But Jordan Love does have some pressure. I don't think the window has suddenly reopened. Uh, I think that you have to see what you have in Jordan Love this year, and if you don't feel like you have what you believe, a, some things might need to change from a front office perspective, but B, you probably need to draft a quarterback next year. And then you, what do you do about his, what do you do about the money? Do you franchise tag him? That's probably where you go, right? Is he's going to get his fifth year. They're going to pick up his fifth year option. I, I forget when they have to do that. I think it might be May. Actually, it might be after the draft. But he'll get his fifth year option picked up. I think it'll be like $20 million. And then the following year, it'll be like, all right, decision time. Do I think... What would it take for Love to be like, all right, I need to get paid today? I I think it would be like an MVP Super Bowl year, which would would be highly unrealistic. I, I mean, I think the trajectory would be the following year, right? I think that's the one where we really we see the rise. But this year could be very good. And all the NFC North people that are just like, oh, Rodgers is dead. Rodgers is dead. It's like, guys, Jordan Love's pretty good. Like Kevin Seifert was like, oh, for the first time in 30 years, Packers are the top quarterback in the, the NFC North. It's like, do they? Uh, so that I'm excited for Jordan Love. We'll talk a lot about Jordan Love as the weeks go on. Rogers disdain for Ab Schefter and, and Ian Rapport was fucking great. Um, that was probably the best thing about about this whole whole thing. I really enjoyed that. Um, as those two guys, I'm more Shefty than Rapport. Shefty, you know, makes himself a part of the story. He then shares the text message, you know, while they're talking. Um, just great, great, great stuff from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that was that was not only was the gaslight masterclass, but just that Aaron Rodgers sort of put his balls on the table, uh, which I liked. Number six, Pat McAfee needs to stop pretending he's made for these moments. So I like Pat McAfee. All right, I say that all the time when I'm critical of him because I don't know, I it's a Midwest guy, you know, would I? They saw my shit and they were like, hey, we want you to work for you. And then people were like, hey, do you know we talk shit about him? And I, I mean, I think I would explain that. And everybody's sensitive, right? If you if you call somebody out, they immediately think you don't like them. Or if you disagree with them on a tweet, they're like, oh, I'm not doing your podcast because you disagreed with me on XYZ. It's like kind of like just grow up a little bit. But anyways, McAfee has shown himself to not be good at these. Um we had, we had an example of this back in 2020, uh, right after they found out Aaron Rodgers was vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers comes on the Pam Axby show, and he's just spewing. I wouldn't say nonsense. I, mean, I think there are people who would say it was nonsense. But he is just spewing his opinions on everything related to COVID. And McAfee didn't say it once. It's like, ask him questions, didn't push back on anything. He just let Aaron Rodgers basically have a monologue. He gave Aaron Rodgers the mic, and Aaron Rodgers took it. And I was very critical of McAfee back then. You can go find it. It's like November 2020. That's probably might have been storylines from that interview, right? But it was because it was just ridiculous. 
Like, Rodgers just looked like such a fool because McAfee never stepped in, never challenged him, never answered any, any, you know, never really sort of guided the conversation. And I think the examples I used at that time was like, if Bill Simmons was interviewing Aaron Rodgers in that scenario, Bill would be pushing and prodding. He'd also, he'd also ask like, you know, hard questions. Like Bill had Nick Khan on, who probably some of you know, some of you don't. Nick Khan like runs WWE right now. Nick Khan's one of Bill Simmons' buddies. Bill Simmons was hard on Nick Khan. Like I think that interview was like, I want to say two months ago now, maybe a month and a half. Go back and listen to that. Like he's, like compare that and then listen to the McAfee stuff and be like, whoa, it's night and day. AJ Hawk tried to get some questions in. McAfee really didn't allow it. AJ Hawk was a little tough on Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers appears on Pat McAfee, not only because they're friends, but because he has an open mic. And Pat McAfee can't pretend that he is you know, serious at this. You know, part of my take doesn't do this, right? Uh anything really that Barstool does doesn't really do this kind of thing. It's why it's built for an ESPN. It's why John, I think John Morant did an exclusive. I don't know if it was with Stephen A or somebody else. I think I saw that. Like, there's a reason why. And I'm not a big caping for journalists because I think they sniff their own farts as it is. But I do want to point out, like, it's why this is why we have journalists. It's why it's why we want to hear from them. I I I just I'm very disappointed in McAfee because. It's pretty clear that it's just kind of Aaron Rodgers propaganda network. It's not Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. It's Aaron Rodgers propaganda network. And so hearing stuff from McAfee doesn't always, always align. Sometimes it's good to hear from Rodgers. Sometimes it's interesting. But in these scenarios, there was no pushback. There was no, there's no like, hey, what about this? Like, hey, did you know, well, Brian Gugus, you know, was a scout when you, when you got drafted. Did you not have any communication with Brian? Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I didn't know that. You know, there was that question. I think someone who would be doing this interview, like a Simmons, like Rosillo, uh, they would they would have that answer for you. They would they would be ready to go. So while I like McAfee, as I said at the beginning, he needs to get better in these situations. And maybe he doesn't want to. He doesn't need to. He has a ton of fucking money. He just say, I, I don't care. But, yeah, it's disappointing, uh, to say the least. That wraps up our Aaron Rodgers storylines. Let me know if you have any more. Uh, We'll see how this all transpires. We don't have a show tomorrow. I guess I'm trying to think if there's a trade tomorrow, would I want to do a show? Maybe. Uh, We are doing a Saturday show, kind of wrapping up um, Marquette. It might actually be a Friday afternoon show since the game ends at like 3.45. It'll be very dependent on my wife. If my wife is like like she wants to go out for St. Patrick's Day or she wants to hang out because – she likes the tournament, uh, and it, she's done with work. Um, then maybe the podcast is pu- pushed back and maybe a little more slurry uh, later in the day. But we'll have to see. Um, I will certainly talk talk to you guys at some point after this this show, and who knows what uh, what else will spring up. Because I'm sure this is not the end. I'm sure the leaks will keep coming. There will keep being things floated out there. It is not the today is not the end of all of this. And I think Aaron Rodgers did this because he thought, all right, this will shut everybody up. Did the opposite, man. Kept people talking, and now there's going to be even more. Aaron Rodgers thought it was bad the last few days. He might need to appear McAfee the rest of the week. Might need to appear McAfee every day until he gets traded. Day six of this hostage situation. All of a sudden, the hostages have flipped. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not the Green Bay Packers. All right. On to happier times, which is, this is the Marquette Golden Eagles. Marquette gets going at 145 on CBS on Friday. Uh, the Golden Eagles take on the Catamounts. Uh, great that's on CBS. That's nice. A little more exposure for the Golden Eagles because you know that a lot of the old heads are going to just hang out on CBS. They'll ignore that games are on TBS, TNT, True TV. They're like, I'm CBS. That's it. That's all I'm watching. Back and flip over. So it, it, we get a little, little bit more of the boomer exposure to the Marquette Golden Eagles experience. Vermont is an interesting matchup. Vermont hasn't lost since middle of July, January. They've been red hot. Okay, here's the problem, Vermont. What's your favorite win that Vermont has? Like if you go through Vermont's schedule, there, there ain't, there ain't much. Uh, do you like? 
the couple wins against UMass Lowell, uh, where they were two and one against them. UMass Lowell is 136 per Kempom. Or say, okay, let's go outside of the conference. Let's go outside of the American East. How they do against Toledo, who's just in the NIT? Uh, they lost by 12 at home uh, to Toledo. How they do against Colgate? They're, they're the tournament, 114, according to Ken Palm. Uh, 73 to 72. Okay, so that's good. That's there. They beat Merrimack, who was would have been in the tournament had it not been for the NCAA rules. Long Beach State, who is, uh, you know, was a team that I think they might have won their regular season conference. They blew them out by 20. UNC Wilmington was in the final of the CAA final against Charleston. They lost by two. Ball State, they beat. Good. Now, I don't need to run through this whole schedule, but what you find is they don't have many good wins. What you find is there, there, are, not, there are not many wins that you can hang your hat on in the non-conference. They got blown out by St. Mary's. Yes, they played a close game against U, uh, U, USC, and they got blown out again by Iona. Uh, and they got blown out by Yale, who was in the NIT. Like, there are a lot of red flags about Vermont's non-conference schedule. Vermont was the top paper Tiger team. They excel against weaker teams, but they don't really show up against those stronger teams. So that's another red flag towards the Catamounts. So is this going to be a cakewalk for Marquette? No, right? It's the first game of the tournament. Everybody's going to be nervous. There are going to be nerves galore. There will probably be a one seed that's trailing at some point, or it's a close game heading into halftime. That that's just part of the this tournament. This tournament is not one for the weak heart, right? As Stanford Steve pointed out with part of my take yesterday, it, to win six games, you're gonna probably have two bad ones. They're probably gonna be two where it needs to be a grinder. Do you hope your first game's a grinder? No, but that's what happened to Marquette in the Big East tournament. Their second one was a grinder too, and then they kicked the shit out of Xavier. So what should Marquette fans expect in this game? I think you have to hope they don't come out tight. You have to hope that they learn their lesson from the St. John's game. Come out there and own the fucking stadium. Marquette crowd should be good. Own it. Make it happen. Like that's that to me is imperative for the Golden Eagles. Should just really come out with a fury. This Vermont team has not seen anything like the Golden Eagles in terms of offense. Just absolute, just an all-out assault, like a blitzkrieg. Don't settle for threes. Attack the rack. Just get out early. Build a cushion. Will Vermont come back because they're a good three-point shooting team? Yeah, that, that will happen, right? But I, I don't worry about an outlier game where Vermont goes crazy from three and all of a sudden it's a fight. All of a sudden Marquette is in a complete war with Vermont. I do not expect that to happen. I think I think Marquette is better than that. But even though they allow some three-pointers, they get spread out, I still think that they're going to be they're going to be okay, even if Vermont hits some shots early on. Vermont's going to be juiced up. And so it's how do they channel that juice? They channel that into made buckets or they channel that into some tightness? Because I, I do think we always talk about the two seeds, three seeds, and even the one of being like, okay, a lot of pressure's on them, like all the pressure's on them to win these games. But every now and again, like you see the four teams, 15, that isn't ready for the moment, that isn't ready for the bright lights, that it wasn't very good in the first place. And how do they get in? You know, they won their conference tournament, great. But when they actually play better competition and outside of their conference, they don't look the same. It's kind of saw it with Nevada tonight, right? The committee should be embarrassed that Nevada got in there. Like that's a bad look from the committee. Like those first four games should not be blowouts. There's no excuse for that. And they let Nevada in there over. And I know Rutgers lost. I know Rutgers lost it to Hofstra, right? But I do think mindset is a little different when you're in the NIT versus in the actual tournament. Rutgers got screwed there, man. Like, that's a pure screw job for Rutgers. I'd be even more mad if I was a Rutgers fan. It's an awful week to be a Rutgers fan. If you're a Jets fan, so that helps. But if you're a Mets fan, that's not, not so much. So, but yeah, anyways. I, I look at it and say, yes, there's a potential Marquette could overwhelm. I think if they're going to, I think it has to be a big Oso Iguodara game. Like, I, I would go to Oso early and often. Uh, build his confidence a little bit, too, right? Oso has not necessarily been playing the best in terms of scoring. Make him into a scoring threat early and often. Uh, Vermont is not 
well-sized. They have a 6'8 guy. Uh, they don't necessarily have the body types to maybe compete with Oso or Ben Gold. I think you'll still see a lot of Ben Gold, too. But I, I, I would love to see Oso get established early and get going. It seemed like they were trying to do that in the UConn game, right? Where Oso had, I think, the first three-point, three field goals, maybe maybe like three out of four. But then he got the foul trouble, bullshit calls, whatever it may be, and just didn't work out. Uh, so I, I kind of expect a big Oso game. I would put my chips on that. If I were to be a betting man, I'd be like, what is sort of the storyline coming out of it? It's, you know, the play of Oso and Gidara, right? I think that's I think that's the one. I also, and I, I don't know if, you know, they pay attention to this stuff, but try not to think about it's the team everybody jumped on your bandwagon. And that's going to be hard to get out of your head, Right. It's hard to be the favorites. It's hard to be one of them. I mean, Marquette is not the favorite, the favorite in the in the bracket. You know, I think I'd say Purdue. I'd say Duke. I would say Marquette. Like I think, I think those are those are really the ones. I, I don't think a lot. There's a lot of love for Kansas State or Tennessee at this point, but I do I do think Marquette has a target on their back, and they need to play like it. I I think they struggled a little bit at that with St. John's. And now I will say that. It's very possible that St. John's is an anomaly, and that not actual, not actually rooted in fact. And I, and I guess here a couple of reasons why. Number one, it was in, in St. John's alternate court. They play at Madison Square Garden, I think, like six or seven times a year. So that's number one. So they're very comfortable there. Number two is they just played St. John's the week before. They that was the last team they played. So St. John's was very familiar with what Marquette was going to do. Vermont, this is not their hometown. They're, we're not playing this in Burlington, right? We're playing this in Columbus, Ohio. And Vermont has not played Marquette. You know, they, they haven't seen the Golden Eagles. They don't know what the Golden Eagles are all about. So I think that those two things work in Marquette's favor and kind of make you think that's not going to be a St. John's redo. And if it is, if it's down to the wire, if we, we actually are in a hard attack zone, I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like, all right, this team's overrated. This team's not gonna make it that far. They're gonna lose to Michigan State or USC in the next round. It's more gonna be like, all right, they obviously had a little too much, you know, on their backs, on their shoulders. They have, you know, Marquette has not won a postseason or an NCAA game since 2013. Shock hasn't won one since 2011. Those stats are out there. You're going to see them. Get used to them. It's okay. But if Marquette can win and get over that hump, then then it's all gravy. And so I do worry, will that hump sort of consume them a little bit, especially early on? I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I feel good about it. I don't know if I'll take Marquette to cover. Probably. Probably will. Um, I think they're at 11. Um, definitely a team that will find its way to probably parlay of some sort uh, for the day. But yeah, I uh, I definitely I definitely feel okay about this one. I, I don't I don't feel nervous. I I, I do want to like not put the cart before the horse. I was going to talk about the path. I'm like no no no, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about the Vermont game, and then when we play, if we if we play, excuse me, there you go. See, <laughs> oh I call myself. If we play uh, Michigan State or USC. And we'll talk about that. And if they had, they got stunned, and they're another two seed to go down, which doesn't happen often. Uh, we'll we'll talk about you know how it happened and why it happened, and you know why I think if that did happen, I'd be super sad, I'd be super disappointed. But I think in three weeks, four weeks time, I'd probably start probably start feeling a little better about everything. But I want to go down that road. I, I don't think that road's for us. So we'll we'll stop talking about it. All right, let's wrap up today's show. Uh, the the long show that I said was going to be a short show. We're at forty five minutes. Holy shit! Uh, you know, you just when you're going, you're going, man. You're flowing, feeling good. Uh, all right, TV advice for first day of March Madness or second day of March Madness. I have one like overarching thought. Number one, if you actually want to watch basketball, today is the day to go out to the bars. You have my permission. You tell your wife. You tell your girlfriend. You tell your boyfriend. Like you have my permission to go to the bars. All right. That is a tapping the cat guarantee. If you need it in written form, just tweet me. I will I will write it up for you. Uh, because if you want to watch hoops, tonight today is the day. Because tomorrow's St. Patrick's. And I think 
St. Patrick's Day has been a little bit diluted with all the stuff that goes on, right? You have the parade day, which has become a big thing uh, with a lot of people out last week for that. And then the Shamrock Shuffle. So this is like the third week of St. Patrick's Day stuff around the city. And now if you don't live in Milwaukee, maybe St. Patrick's Day is a big deal. But you're not going to probably get the same viewing experience on Friday that you are on, on Thursday. Yes, this is going to sound a little sexist, guys. You should probably get some moon girls, all right? Probably get some, ah, like going fucking nuts. You're like, I just, I just want to grind the fucking 1240 True TV game here, all right? Like, I don't, I don't really need to hear you yelling about car bombs here, which I don't know if you really can do car bombs on, on St. Patrick's Day. Feels sacrilegious. I know you can't order them at an actual Irish bar. It is against protocol to, to do such things. Um, shout out to the one, God damn, I, was very intoxicated at the time, but I the Irish bar we went to in Boston was fucking incredible. I I don't know I, that story, and maybe maybe Murph has a better recollection of it. It was his bachelor party. Uh, that I don't know how we ended up there. Uh, we we were on a boat, and then we went to this this place, and it was a long walk from the from the harbor. It's a long walk from the harbor. Uh, and we found it, and then there was like live music. There was just great bartenders. I got told to button up my shirt. He's like, "Come on, mate! Like you gotta, you gotta have that." Like I have a great picture from it. Um, maybe I'll share it if if I get hot. Like if I have a hot start to the day, maybe it will. We'll put up the shirt for good vibes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I well, maybe it's just St. Patrick's Day. It was just for St. Patrick's Day. My eyes are closed. I'm very drunk in that picture. But uh, whatever. We'll we'll roll the tape. Uh, it's a good one, and uh, I don't mind embarrassing myself from time to time. But anyways, um, this went off the rails here. Uh, I just would advise if you're wanting to watch actual basketball at the bar, and it's not just you're hanging out with your buddies and you're shooting the shit, do it Thursday. And also, if you're doing just the hangout stuff, probably Thursday also makes sense because, again, St. Patrick's Day on Friday. I, I just I don't know if you want to deal with that madness, no pun intended. Like it just adds an element to it. But if you're like, I just kind of want to drink and watch the games and hang out and have a good time and embrace it, like, yeah, St. Patrick's Day, do it. Um, also, too, that Saturday, it's a little sneakier to go out because there's less games. It's easier for the bartenders. And I want to talk about that in a second here, too. It's easier for the bartenders to handle. There are no Bucks games to worry about. Uh, you do have to worry about that on Thursday, which is a little unique. Um, and that's, that's a tough one to navigate. So let's talk about the bartenders. So some bartenders are absolutely great at TVs. They are rock stars. And they figure out, okay, you put this game on this, this TV, this game on that TV, this game on the other TV. I really do think they could benefit from just getting like a daily guide, like what you need to put on TV. Bucks complicate the late games. Now it's Bucks Pacers. It's not one that a lot of people will care about. Mitch will care about it. I will have a review for it because that's what I'll do. Although the review numbers are pretty low these days, which I hate. And that's another story for another time. I got to figure that out. You got to get past that. But I'm still going to have a review. Uh, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get one in. Uh, I'll have the game on with me. I actually be with Mitch tomorrow. We'll have the game on. Uh, on a small laptop, like that's all I'm giving Mitch. I'm like, you can watch the Bucks on a laptop. That's all. You're, that's all you're getting. But at a bar, I can see a bar who does no like March Madness going on or had, hasn't got briefed. Like, oh, we got to put the Bucks on the Bucks TV network. It's like, okay, put the Bucks on a back TV. Get the March Madness games on. Get make sure you have you know multiple games. You know, some of those bartenders will just put on one game and be like, oh, my job's done. It's like, no. Got to put out multiple ones. So I had some buddies who were like, do you know how hard it is to probably be a bartender on a busy bar? I'd love to see you handle it. Listen, I know that I would not do well in a, in a crazy bar. I know that I am not organized enough, not, not enough pay attention to detail. It would be a disaster, okay? Not, not denying that. That said, I do think there are pockets where you have time to be like, all right, look at your schedule, Okay. Auburn Iowa started at 5.50. Get that game on the TV. That one ended. You have, you know, some random shit on CBS right now. You have the news. Get that one on TBS for the time being. Okay, there's a fan of this other team. All right, we change it. Or, see, 
See, the other thing, too, is, like, if you know where the games are, the fans like, hey, can you turn it to the Auburn-Iowa game? And you just say, hey, it's actually on this TV over there. Um, I'll look for a seat for you. And, or, like, you know, point you in the direction. Come back and find me if you have trouble finding a seat, and then we can work something out. I just – I don't think they care about sports, which is okay. Like, I get it, right? You're just trying to get tipped. It's, you know, service job. I, I understand. But I just think I could be a consultant. Like, I, I think John Taffer should have me as a sports consultant. I don't know how I end up there, but I, I do think like I could, I could basically change the sports bar industry. Just, just say like I, I really do. I feel like if you do schedules, and you are on it. Do you know how many fucking people appreciate that? It's, it's kind of it's a silent majority. It's a political term, but it's a silent majority. All right, that does it for today's show. Uh, that got off the rails uh, at the end for a little bit. Uh, longer podcast. You'll hear me at the open and be like, oh, we had a short podcast today. No, fucking 50 plus minutes. It's 1.30. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, enjoy the madness. Uh, best of luck with your brackets. Still time to enter. Time to kick madness if you've listened to this before 11 a.m. Uh, Central, no show tomorrow. And barring something crazy. If Rogers gets traded, maybe. Uh, but we are going to pop on Friday afternoon uh, to do a show, and that will kind of take us there. And then if Marquette were to advance, uh, we'd have a show. We'll have a show Monday regardless, but we it'll be Marquette heavy uh, Monday if Marquette were to advance. Um, if not, we'll probably pivot to our good friends, Milwaukee Bucks, or some of the Rogers stuff uh, that we are talking about. We probably should start talking a little more about the Brewers. Um, I, it's not... My, I apologize for the lack of bird talk. Um, I'm definitely into what's going on right now. Have some interesting thoughts. I did want to do something on the Brewers this week, and I just didn't get to it. Uh, so I will try to get some Brewer stuff out. Maybe, maybe Monday. Um, if not Monday, Tuesday for sure. Uh, we'll we'll have that for the people. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a great Thursday. If you're off, if you're the man, if you're the woman. You did did a good job. If not. Just make sure you have your TV going. Just stream it on a tab, not where your boss can see it. Just listen and ride out. All right. Take care. I'm going. Bye.